new ideas, thought-leading opinions and the latest ways of working. This is the School Leadership Podcast. Hello, Happy New Year and welcome to the first School Leadership Podcast of that new year, 2019, brought to you as it always is by NAHT and NAHT Edge. In this first episode of the new year, we discuss the topic of shared leadership and ask whether, in some cases, two heads really can be better than one. Engaging content and revealing insights. In conversation with James Bowen. The Shared Headship Network is run by a group of committed school leaders who aspire to be head teachers one day in the future. Their aim is very straightforward. It's to support and encourage more school leaders to consider the idea of shared school leadership. The Edge Director James Bowen got some time with two of the leaders behind this exciting project to find out more about their work. Lucy Heelan is the co-founder of the network and an assistant vice principal in London. Amy Brooks is an assistant principal also based in London. James began the conversation by asking Lucy and Amy to explain why they set up the Shared Headship Network and what they were hoping the organisation might be able to achieve. The Shared Headship Network is a network of senior leaders who aspire to be head teachers. Um, we set it up in well, the beginning of this year, 2018, um, and our members um, feel that they want to pursue headship but cannot achieve or sustain it um, unless that, it, that they got it as part of a job share, essentially. Um, and our members come from all different types of schools, um, from all different areas of the country, um, and they seek shared leadership positions for quite a wide variety of different reasons, um, including childcare. Um, as an organisation, we would like leadership jobs to be routinely advertised as open to job share applicants or flexible working arrangements. Um, at the moment, if you have a look at the TAS, um, there will be very few, if any, senior leadership jobs um, that have that um, noted. Um, and we'd like our, our leaders, leaders within our network, to be able to progress to headship without having to work full time um, throughout their career. Um, we feel at the moment it's largely down to luck or personal circumstance. Um, if you can get flexible working arrangements um, as part of a, a leadership role, um, and we would like to change that. Um, but perhaps most importantly, um, we would like to change culture and understanding of shared leadership, because the more we've researched this, the more we've um, come to shift our emphasis from the flexibility to the benefits of shared leadership. Um, and in fact, some of the um, co-heads that we've spoken to both work full time, so don't even have flexibility, but seek the shared headship because of the benefits. And you said there about sort of raising awareness, improving the culture, um, and you mentioned about potential benefits. Mm. Um, so Amy, perhaps you could talk a little bit about what, what are the potential benefits of a shared yeah. leadership post in a school, do you think? Sure, I mean, it's something that's really surprised us in our research and sort of the case studies that have, have come forward that, you know, actually it takes more skill, not less, to be able to share a leadership position with someone in that it has to not be about your ego at all. It has to be about a really sort of joint vision for the leadership role that you have. Um, and it's just, you know, imagine having somebody there all of the time being able to give you feedback on the difficult email that you wanted to send or the message that you wanted to give to staff and just always having that sort of coaching voice to be able to tell you what's worked and what needs to be improved. So do you think it kind of almost reduces the loneliness of the job? Because often we talk about headship being one of the most lonely jobs yeah, in education. Absolutely. Having that person alongside yeah. you as a sounding board, is that, do you absolutely. hear that in terms I mean, of feedback? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something personally that really is 
kind of um, a block for me in terms of progression to headship, that isolation. You know, I work really well with other people. It's part of the thing that I, I love about my role. And we're hearing more and more and more as we're getting more members that that is the thing that they want to be able to have in a, in a headship, somebody to be able to coach them through and, and avoid that, as you say, that sort of loneliness and isolation at the top um, and be able to progress together, which is a massive advantage, I think, to sharing a leadership position. So is it only about when they get to headship or actually is there some thinking around actually at the deputy stage at the assistant head even middle leader stage that Mm -hmm. um, people could do the kind of job shares or the shared leadership there and almost progress together is that is that part of the thinking yeah yeah Yeah, definitely we're looking at supporting um, shared leadership so this would include um, people taking their first assistant head role as a shared role progressing from assistant to deputy and deputy to head and in fact we probably encourage people to be applying for headships having worked with their partner before if possible Um, and a lot of our case studies um, Amy mentioned we're gathering case studies at the moment um, have worked together as deputies before sharing the headship role. So they almost apply as a joint team rather than is that right so you sort of say actually we come as a package you interview us together we do the activities together I guess the practicalities around the interview must be quite challenging there. And what we want to say about that is that we would hope that the two applicants would be the two best people in the field. So it's not about having, Mm. you know, um, together we make up for the losses of each other. It's about two Mm. really strong candidates Mm. applying for that role together. Mm. You know, part of our role is to find people to match with each other. But we're absolutely saying, you know, if you've worked with somebody before as a deputy head or as an assistant head or even as a middle leader, you know, and that relationship has worked and it's meant that you're able to progress together, then definitely go forward as a pair if that's worked for you. So is there a challenge there in terms of, I I suppose, particularly around, I'm thinking governing bodies, Mm. getting them used to seeing two people as a joint entity uh, yeah. and not seeing it as two separate people applying for a post but actually saying no we come as, as a team as a package is there is there a challenge there and people seeing it that way i think it's about striking the balance between as amy said both candidates need to be equally strong you can't point a, a shared leadership position where you are relying on one person over the other um but what we want to do is to support our, our shared candidates to put together shared profiles as well. So they've already thought about how they complement each other, how they fit together, how their past experiences would work well together. Um, but equally, the um, governing body or whoever it is who is appointing the leadership position feels that they are getting the top two people in the room, which is a bonus because often you don't know which one to choose. And you get yeah. both. Yeah. Um, I think so. I think it's 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 striking the balance between both of those. Yeah. In terms of how you would interview, um, that's obviously down to the school. Um, most of the the case studies that we've spoken to, um, the interview has been a bit of a mixture in terms of separate assessments um, and combined. So, um, but because both would have to meet all the criteria, um, and then obviously then you would probably have a joint interview at some stage as well. Um, so it, it it can be a balance between those two things, depending on what, what works for the school. And from the case studies that we've received so far from the shared headships and the shared deputy headships that are really working, the skill which is coming across really sort of loudly is that of self-awareness. That mm. I know what mm. my leadership Absolutely. style is really well. I'm aware of what I need to um, to do to work well with somebody else mm. and what complementing skills that my partner would need to have. Mm. Um, and that's come across really, really strongly, hasn't it, mm. in the case studies that we've received. So that's really interesting. It's making me think now about... Um, do you think it's better if people have similar leadership styles 
or could it work if you have completely different leadership styles? Could that would that be potentially confusing for yeah, the staff? So on the start of the week, we've got yeah. per, some person who's who's very democratic. At the end of the week, we've yeah. got quite an autocratic approach. Does that matter? Such an interesting question, and I think that the main thing that needs to happen is really excellent communication, so that both people, like we said at the start, you know, have this shared vision. And actually, it doesn't necessarily matter about your style as long as that works well with the other person would you agree Lisa? yeah I agree and I think also think about it if you do have one very very marked style yourself how much you could learn from working closely with somebody who had a different style yeah. to you I mean I think the, the kind of the base is you need to have shared vision for your school yeah um, and shared values in terms of how you would prioritize running that school um you can have a different style um you know a different way of speaking a different way of working um but I think that um your decision making needs to be joint, yeah. Um, so that you back each other up at each stage, um, and there can't be, you know, it's almost, it's almost like uh, two parents. You know, you can't have a situation where um, you can go to one and you know get a better answer than the other. It needs to be um, a, a real, a real union. One of the case studies that was shared with us, I remember reading um, that the, the, the shift that they'd experienced going from sort of single leadership to joint leadership was never being able to personally take credit for anything. Mm. It was always what, whatever mm. had happened, bad or good, it was a joint thing that, <laughs> that they'd experienced together and they had to publicly share that, um, which meant, you know, getting rid of the ego, getting rid of anything that was about your personal leadership. It was all about the two of us together. Which is probably easier when things are going well, but Absolutely. more challenging when yeah, they're yeah, not, yeah. I guess, particularly if something's not going well and you think, well, actually, this really wasn't down to <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you can't, yeah, you have to present that united front, I guess. You so, have yeah. to present the united front, exactly. And you talked a bit there about communication yeah. and the importance of communication. It, it strikes me, and I'm not someone who's done this, but it strikes me that communication surely must be at the heart of getting this right. Mm. So uh, what I'm interested in is practically... Yeah. How do people manage this? You've done some case studies. Is it a case of people have a, a handover day? Do they yeah. have emails and phone calls? Because it strikes me that you, you can't come in as a head on a Wednesday afternoon and say, well, I'll just, I'll just pick it up from here. You, you need no, to know what's happening at the beginning. Of the and we, we've had a, a, a range of models and we are absolutely not advocating, you know, one size fits all where each person does three days a week, you know, that we've seen uh, two heads in almost full time and no deputy. Uh, we've seen three days each. We've seen lots and lots of different models. We've seen a, a sort of head who's about to retire and a, and a sort of um, new head who's coming up through the ranks who, who will eventually take over that person. So lots and lots of different models. But, you know, as you say, typically what happens is they have um, a handover conversation where they sort of share everything that's happened during that week and what needs to be prioritised going forward. And I add to that, they also share um, one email address yeah. um, in the successful case studies we've looked at and also... Um, are available. Um, yeah. The days that they're not actually on site, they are available if necessary for conversations, um, you know, so that you can run decisions past them, etc. Let's talk a bit about the challenges, because obviously I can see there are plenty of advantages, and you yeah. explained those well, but there's going to be challenges mm. as well. What are the kind of common challenges you hear when you're talking to people about this? I think the biggest, there's probably two, two main challenges. One is making sure that you're working with the right person. Yeah. Um, and the other is making sure that the the headship or the the shared leadership position is properly supported by the school, um, and that includes the way in which it's set up in the first place, and then the way in which it's it's supported going forward, particularly in the first year. Um, so you know we mentioned before in finding the right person, we would encourage people to look within their own network first, 
um, because that is a really rich source of of um, <clears throat> of a potential professional partner. Um, but we're also supporting our members to meet um, people who are looking within their region at the same level as them, um, and supporting them to have those conversations and and work through their own leadership. Um, styles and reflect on what it is they're looking for um i think the other challenge is it is it is the the support from schools and i think as i said the case studies that we've already got the schools are supportive um you know the governors in some cases have actually suggested the headship um the the shared position in the first place um and they're working well because they're supported um so i think part of our job is really sending that message about the benefits of shared leadership and how to make it work yeah I would agree. And I think we see one of our sort of biggest pieces of work is trying to give confidence to governing bodies. And the way that we can do that is is to share these case studies and say, look, this is how it's worked. Mm. These have been the challenges. Mm. You know, here is how you can support it in terms of HR, in terms of accountability. Mm -hmm. Um, And we see that as a massive part of our Mm -hmm. job going forward to make sure that, you know, governing bodies see this as a viable option Mm -hmm. um, and and to give resources to enable that confidence. Mm. And have you looked at any case studies where it just hasn't worked uh, for whatever reason? Have there been times you looked and thought this as a, as a shared leadership hasn't worked? That'd be interesting because I guess you can learn as much from yeah. the cases that don't work Definitely. as the ones that do. Yeah, we're very keen to um, hear from those. They are harder to find. Um, but um, we have spoken to um, a couple of cases where it's not worked. Um, one head I'm thinking of and, and a deputy position as well. Um, in both cases, the message was actually very similar, which is that it could have worked. Um, but the um, it wasn't set up in the way that it, it should have been and it was perhaps entered into a little naively um, and without sufficient um, reflection and structuring um, from the leaders themselves and also from the governing body. Um, and um, the, the sort of support that we're looking at, so for example, um, having a coach who would come yeah. in um, regularly, particularly during the first year, um, just to make sure that any issues are ironed out and aired in a you know, non-threatening way um, wasn't there at all. Um, and actually, a lot of the things that we see in our successful case studies, like a joint email, for example, weren't there either. Um, and so actually, it wasn't really a full job share. In the examples that, that I'm talking about, it was more of a job split. Yeah. And we don't think that would work. Um, for, for running a school. It has to be shared. So just explain that a bit more for me, the yeah. difference as you see it, between job share and yeah. job splits? Because I think that's important yeah. to differentiate between. So, for example, a job split would be if you have a deputy who is pastoral and you have a deputy who is curriculum and they share the headship role, but one of them continues to be in charge of pastoral and one of them continues to be in charge of curriculum. That's a split. Um, whereas for a share would be you you jointly um, share responsibility for both. For all areas, essentially. So it comes back to seeing them essentially as one person, exactly. if you like, two people were doing exactly. one role. As you opposed see the to, yeah. office rather than yeah. the individual. One mm. of the things that I think in most of the case studies is um, is the sort of tiny exception to that is line management. So they have the shared role, the shared headship role, but they would line manage individual people. So they have that that those people experience consistency in their line management mm. rather than with a, a split line management. So final question, what more can be done to encourage people into shared leadership? I mean, obviously you're, you're at the cutting edge of this, thinking about it all the time. What more do schools, governing bodies, the education sector as a whole need to do to encourage this, do you think? 
I would just say, um, you know, look at the picture they're in at the moment. We have a, a crisis for head teachers. We are in real shortage of head teachers, and we really see this not just as a sort of um, a, a sort of stopgap solution, but a way of really keeping the best people in leadership positions and making it more sustainable, uh, more enjoyable. You know, keeping people with lots of energy in mm. in in the profession. Um, and I suppose just being really open-minded to that and reading our case studies, researching it, finding out more about it. Um, we just want to see people uh, encouraging this and, and yeah, having an open mind about the benefits. I think also from the point of view of um, anybody advertising leadership jobs is just to make it explicit yeah. um, that the job is open to job share applicants or flexible working arrangements um, so that you, you don't put off good candidates. Um, needlessly um, and I, I think I think the other the other point from from us is that we're building our membership and the more people that we have um, who are signed up as interested in this the the wider um, the range of people is you know that you can learn from that you can potentially work with um, so I think just to, to sign up as a if you are a leader and you think you might be interested um, and also to sign up. So we're, we're at the moment gathering um, governors who are interested, not necessarily supportive, but would like to learn more about this. Um, so we're, we're building a network of governors as well. So how do um, people sign up? Let's make sure people know about that. Uh, so if you go on our website, there is a members page where you can register your interest and there is a governors page where you can register your interest. And then as a member, um, you would then be in stream depending on what it is you're looking for whether you are actually looking to apply right now, whether you have a partner in mind, um, or whether you are looking for inspiration. NAHT Edge is a new type of teaching union aimed specifically at teachers with leadership responsibilities. As a member of NAHT Edge, you'll benefit from access to a wealth of leadership resources, practical advice, and support with your own career development. You can also watch our new series of bite-sized CPD videos on the NAHT Edge website. Membership is just £13.50 a month or £8.10 if you're part-time. Head over to our website to find out more. For regular and useful content on the teaching profession, it has to be the School Leadership Podcast. The School Leadership Podcast. Well, we've heard a substantial amount about the theory now let's find out how joint leadership works in practice. James went to a junior school in Hampshire recently to hear firsthand what it's like to share the role of head teacher. As a result, he had a conversation with Ed Harrison and Odell Davis, co-teachers of Mengum Junior School on Hailing Island. And first of all, asked how the school community reacted to the idea of having a co-headship. I remember that, that, that first, first inset when you're sort of putting on those shoes and standing at the front, um, one of the things we were really clear about was being up front with how how, co how we saw our co at working to the okay. staff. And we've had similar conversations with parents um, so that they know what to expect because it's a bit, you know, a bit different and, and they know that there, there are some decisions that we're, either of us can make and we, know we, we trust each other to, to make those decisions and they also know that there'll be some decisions which fit into one of our, you know, to one of us specifically. And there are also there's other decisions which we might have to say, I, we need to I just need to confer with mm. um, with each other before we we come back to them, and they and they know that they'll get the same response from from both of us, because what you don't want is, uh, you know, the old 
mummy says I could never speak to Wales grandma, you know, that's uh, which it doesn't actually help anyone, does it? So let's talk about the practicality. So I think that I mean that seems to be one of the most important issues at the heart of this. But before that, how does it work in practice for you? Are you do you do sort of half the week each? Is there an overlap? How how have you managed to arrange that? So we both work four days. Um, I have Monday off, and originally Ed had had a Friday off. Um, so there's a three-day crossover for us both, Tuesday to, to Thursday. Um, and that's generally how it works most weeks. But, of course, um, it, it allows us that flexibility, you know, if needed. Or, if you know, the same the other way, if there's a big event going on in school, that we can, we can switch days and we, we're able to do that without, without too much interference in, in anything else, really. So I, I think that was... Um Def, you know, there, there are there are definitely things that are trickier. But one of the one of the things that, that is definitely a positive is we can manage our week to try and uh, to get a greater proportion of our time in in school. There's one of us in school more often. Um, so, you know, if you in a, in a more conventional setup, then obviously the head teacher has to go out to a variety of, of meetings, and you know they'll have other senior members um, who will deputise for them, whereas with us we're able to say, oh, I've got a meeting there, right, I'll put that meeting somewhere else so that so that we, yeah, we're, we're in a greater, greater proportion of the time. And you talked about that vision, that you know, you're setting out at the start, this is how we see it. Uh, one of the things we've talked about on this podcast already is about, do you see yourself as, like, as a single entity? So it's two people doing one job. How do you see it in that sense? Do you try and make the, send the message, we're just one person, okay, it's two people doing one job, or is it slightly more complex? I think Originally, we tried to draw up a kind of set of responsibilities during that acting um, year, hadn't we? Just for example, um, Ed took the lead on assessment, and I took the safeguarding um, lead, if you like. But it doesn't—it doesn't always work like that, does it? Sometimes those roles merge into one, and data is another one that actually it's really important that we both do the data and both look at those sorts of things. But we almost need to deputise for each other in some respects, don't we? So if I'm not in, Ed will need to take that safeguarding role. It isn't something that can just be mine. Um, and, and the same for various other aspects of the role as well. So uh, Safeguarding is actually a good example because we, um, depending on who's there, who picks it up, they will tend to follow it through. Obviously, we'll both be aware of what's, um, what's going on. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a bit more about the advantages, and this time perhaps from a school perspective. So you obviously talked about the work-life balance. Mm-hmm. I think you know got the sense that actually having two of you to bounce ideas off each other you know, from the school, what do you think the advantages are of having a joint headship from that perspective, would you say? When we go out to the team with, with things we've taken forward, we've, we've um, already really stress-test things on, 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 the, on the same level. So, you know, you'll have lots of ideas within the, within the week. The actual things that get, go out there will, will, will have been really challenged by the other one. All leadership teams will do that, mm-hmm. but the difference is it's not one person sort of making that final, final call. It has to, we have to have reached a con- consensus. It's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? We've always been asked, you know, what are the advantages, and it's difficult. It's just a different model. It's not necessarily a better model. It's it's just a different model, isn't it? So in terms of, you know, the advantages for the school, it's difficult to nail those down. Um, we know it's working. Um, children are happy. Parents are happy. Staff are happy. Um, you know, and, and outcomes are good, and, you know, that... We've continued on that journey and, and everything's going really well. So it, but I don't think that's because of the co-headship. I think that's, I don't, it's difficult to... I suppose you can look from the other side, couldn't you? You could almost say that people who might be sceptical about it working, well, look, here it is working. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, as you say, it's not necessarily better than a different model, but it clearly can be an effective model. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. okay. um, but going, going into the co-headship, we weren't, um, it wasn't that I want to go into co-headship 
co-headship. It was a you know, we were two people who work well well together. What about sort of challenges or surprises? Mm-hmm. Anything that's happened since you've you know in the post that really surprised you? You didn't see coming related to the shared headship, or have there been challenges that you perhaps otherwise wouldn't have if it was just one of you? I think communication is really important. Obviously, there's a day when I'm not in, and there's a day when Ed's not in. So it is, you know, we have found ourselves having late night emails or, or phone calls, but that's okay. And I think we we understand that we'd do that for each other. So if there was a you know difficult decision on a Monday, Ed knows that he can call me, and I know that it'll be urgent or it's important that you know we answer those calls. Um, so we've had we've had quite a few of those, and you know, kind of accept that that's part of the role, and and that's okay. In terms of challenges, I don't know whether there have been. Many. Well, plenty of headship challenges. Yeah, but yeah, both yeah. at least you're sharing them now. Yeah. I suppose. yeah, from the co-headship point of view, um, it's worked. And but I think the, the key thing was that we were able to disagree well. Mm. So we could you know, something would crop up, and we would have a different view on it, and we could you know really thrash it out, and uh, you know in, in a professional way, and, and 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 get somewhere with it, which. Yeah, which is which is key, I think. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you ever so much for listening. To make sure you get all the future podcasts from us at NAHT and NAHT Edge, make sure you subscribe on iTunes. It's really straightforward. And you can also leave us a review. It would be great to get your feedback. Every single episode, as it comes out, just click on subscribe. NAHT is a professional association and union for school leaders. NAHT Edge is the part of our association aimed specifically at aspirational middle leaders. To discover more about the wide range of benefits of being an NAHT Edge or NAHT member, go online and go to nahtedge.org.uk forward slash join or all the w's dot naht.org.uk forward slash join. Our Twitter handles to follow us on social media are at NAHT Edge and at NAHT News.